Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another On My Mind episode, and welcome to our first guest episode of 2023. Today, I have a very special guest here with me. She flew in from Maui, and we're sitting here in my apartment together, which I'm so excited about because I think you all will love what she has to say today. I'm joined by fellow podcaster Kayla Rose, host of the Skinny Dipping Podcast, where she opens up great conversations about topics like healing, spirituality, finding yourself, and all the different things that come along with this crazy journey of life. I'm so inspired by her outlooks on life, so I can't wait for her to share what's on her mind. Let's get into this episode. Kayla, welcome to the On My Mind Podcast. Ava! Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that intro. And I am equally inspired by you, as you know. Like, I've had you on my podcast and and you were one of the first guests I ever had. And I'm genuinely just so grateful for you. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited to even be here with you in person. I'm excited for me to listen and consume what you have to say. Because every time, to all of you listening, anytime I hang out with Kayla, which hasn't been too many times, but every time we do it always leaves me feeling very good. And I'm just so excited for everyone to listen to this episode. We always get into the life talks for sure. <laughs> for what? No, for we what? Really, like cut the small talk. We're like, hi, how are you? Okay, here's what I'm, what's going on. Right You're now. like, let's get into the deep shit now. I, I, I just love life like that. I feel like in general, if I can just cut past the bullshit and cut past a small talk, I, I just find that I can create such deeper and more meaningful connections. And that's what I want. I feel like that just lights me up. Like I don't, I don't want to be surface level with anyone mm-hmm. that I genuinely care about. And I don't know. I feel like you're a fellow like Scorpio. So I'm always like, <laughs> I'm a Scorpio rising. So the Scorpio in you, I recognize it. I'm like, I see you underneath the surface and, and you do have so much to say and so much to offer. And you are, you are very deep. So I'm always like, let's get to it. I want to hear what's going it. on. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive into that in this episode. Starting off, in case anyone doesn't know who you are, mm. who is Kayla Rose? I know that's a loaded question, but however you feel called to answer that, feel free. Wow. Yeah. That is a loaded question. It's always like, who am I? I don't even know. Right. I guess, yeah, I guess I would describe myself as an ever evolving, changing human being. I feel like what I always say is that I am a soul in progress. I genuinely, yeah, I'm the host of Skinny Dipping and that's the podcast where we talk about the mind, the body and the soul in order to create actionable change in our lives. And I've just really been on this journey for like over three years now, which is not a long time. That's definitely very much so the beginning of the journey. But what I'm realizing is that I am going to be shifting and evolving and transforming through all of it. And I never want to make myself just one thing. I love art. I love music. I love dancing. I love speaking. I love people. And I I don't know. I don't know exactly who I am yet, but but I'm really starting to fall in love with what's beneath the surface and underneath the layers of what society has placed upon me and who I thought I had to be to protect myself. I feel like I'm finally discovering like three years into my journey who I truly am underneath all that. And I'm really falling in love with her. So yeah. Hello. That's amazing. (laughs) That's so beautiful. This is my first guest episode of 2023. So what energy are you coming into this year with? Mm, I love that. I love that. I want to ask that to you too, because I'm like, <laughs> what is it? Um, but I'll go first for sure. I think for me personally, this year, I like to take like one word and and use it to kind of um, cover the year so that I can come in with that intention and come in with that energy. And the word that I chose at the end of 2022 and moving into 2023 is embody. I feel like 
throughout my journey, I've learned so much. I've consumed so much. I, I love learning about the mind and the body and the nervous system and, and the different chemicals in our brains. I've just consumed so much information through podcasts and through books. And I'm just ready to embody what I know mm. rather than consuming it. So this year, I just want to embody who I know that I am and who, who I know that I, I can be because I know that at my core, like <laughs> I'm a really like genuine, amazing, authentic person, but that doesn't always come up. To be honest, like I can be, I can be an asshole sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I can get frustrated or, or get angry at my partner or at my parents. And, and I just know that I know better than that. I will own it every single day. You know me, I will own oh, it. Yeah. And I'm like, I can be this way. Like I can be reactive. I can be not my best self, but I also know that that doesn't negate everything that I am and everything that I am underneath all that underneath the protection mode is is me so yeah I'm ready to embody her embody her yeah what is your word I'm like would you have a word this year I do this is the first year I've had a word of the year because I've heard I know that's been a popular thing but I was like I feel like it'd be helpful to have a word to focus on Mm -hmm. you know rather than all these other goals which I have goals and stuff but my word of the year is be like just Mm -hmm. be because I feel like for myself for so long I've overanalyzed any situation, any decision, overthought things. And I don't want to claim that identity for myself anymore because the more I say like, oh, I'm an overthinker, I do these types of things, whatever. If I keep claiming that identity, it's not going to leave me. Totally. And they don't serve me. Yeah. And you're affirming it over and over again. And when mm-hmm. we can affirm the new things, like I think be is just such a powerful word, like being and be, because as humans, like we're always doing, like we want to accomplish things, especially mm-hmm. within this capitalistic society. I feel like it's like, what goal can I achieve? And and something my therapist told me that really changed my life was like, Kayla, you are a human being, not a human doing. Stop trying to do all the time and just like get get shit done and instead like embrace who you are and, and be and and with that, I feel like, I don't know, that's just the best word ever. Yeah, I'm like, excited to I'm excited to embody that. Yes, yes. <laughs> embody that word. And I don't know, I have a good feeling about it. I'm just excited to let go of control of things a little bit more and let things flow in and out of my life instead mm. of having like iron tight grips on what I have and what I don't have, you know, and just totally. letting things flow through. So that's that's exactly the word that came up for me when you said be. I, I imagined you flowing. Like I imagined you almost like laying like in a floaty, going down a lazy <laughs> river, like and flowing and like that action of simply being and allowing the current to take you where it's meant to go, especially just like where you're at in your career and and in relationships and in life. I feel like you have the opportunity to not have like that you know, stone cold controlling grip on life and rather to allow it to let go and flow. And that's exactly what I imagined. So I love that you said flow because I'm like, that's what I was visioning. That's what I saw you. (laughs) That's what I saw. It was like you flowing and like, that's like you being, you know, I don't know. So cool. So speaking of control, I know we (laughs) kind of talked a little bit about this when we were chatting on the couch. How have you learned to let go of control? Mm, Yeah, I'm definitely still learning. And that's something I really struggle with. I talk about this a lot on my podcast and on my platforms um, about like the wounded masculine energy in our society and what the wounded masculine is, is that kind of death grip controlling on life. Like you're so afraid of something painful or bad or scary or dangerous happening that you do everything in your power to control everything around you so nothing bad happens. And 
I feel like that goes back to what we were talking about, like the human doing over the human being, because like we're constantly trying to do and like hold on to it. And I struggle with it still to this day. Like I've worked on it for like over three years now. And I know that my anxiety is what is ruling me. And I think that is the first step is getting to the core of what is driving that control. I don't know what it is for you if it's if it's anxiety or if it's fear, but for me personally, it's like anxiety of unfulfillment, fear of things not going my way, fear of me feeling not good enough or feeling stupid, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to avoid feeling that way, constantly moving away from any type of pain at all. So I think the first thing that we can all do is be like, okay, well, what is ruling that control? What is creating that control within me? And for me, what I discovered very early in my journey was this very like deep anxiety that I've had since I was a kid. And once we can name it and acknowledge it and almost like embrace it and be like, okay, like I just need to give that version of myself a hug in this moment. I think that began to allow me to release control and truly like practice. Like nothing is just going to come to you right away. It's just about in those moments when you feel that controlling part of yourself coming up, what I do is ask myself like, am I, am I in my spirit right now or am I in my ego? Am I living in love or am I living in fear? And what I've realized is when I am living in fear, I'm always going to be having that death controlling, wounded masculine grip on life. And what I need to do is be like, okay, I have a choice. Like I don't have to make the choice that I've made so many times before. I don't have to go back to my default programming. What I can do is I can make a new choice. And I remind myself, it's because like I said before, I am an ever-evolving, transformative human being and I can make a new choice at any moment. So each moment that I make a different choice and realize and have awareness of being controlling, of being fueled by my anxiety, what I've realized is the more that I can practice that, the more that that will become my normal programming, that'll become my normal choice. Like that'll become my new normal because the more that we practice something, the more that it becomes familiar to us, the more that we're going to choose that. I think it's one, to go back to what I said before, what is fueling that controlling part of yourself? For me, it was anxiety. Number two, almost like embracing it and give yourself empathy. Give yourself like a fucking hug, your inner child. Like you're like, okay, like I need to give you some love right now. You're just scared. You're just fearful. And then number three, giving yourself an opportunity through awareness to make a new choice. Those awareness are like, is so powerful so powerful With a, a lot of different situations in life i feel like whenever you're feeling a certain type of way bringing awareness to your thoughts mm. is so grounding almost because you can make choices that if you're not in a present moment you're it's just gonna get bad so i love yeah. that you mentioned that because sometimes and i need to remind myself this too because obviously i have these habits when i'm going through a controlling moment mm. and if you forget to bring awareness to it, you just go through the motions. But speaking of your journey with all this, I know you're going to be 24 this year and you've been kind of mentioning that you started this journey maybe like three or so years ago. Mm-hmm. If whatever you're willing to share, how did that journey kind of start for you? What sparked it? How did you get to where you are today with this? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. And I don't know if it's going to be like the most pretty answer. So like everyone like brace themselves a little bit because I feel like a lot of people that go on a mental health journey through therapy or a spiritual journey through awakening, whatever it is, I feel like when you ask them how you got into it, most people have the same answer. It's not like you chose it. It chose you. It was from this necessity. It was from this need. And for me, it was for this need to change. For anyone who knows astrology, I'm an Aries with a Scorpio rising. 
and a Gemini moon. So I really struggled with anger and outbursts and tantrums and just saying mean things to people that I really cared about, like my parents or like my boyfriend. And I will own it every day so that it does not own me. That is what I've learned. Own it so that it does not own you. And I used to be this way. And my boyfriend, who is still my partner, is still my partner now, um, I would just kind of like go off on him. If I was anxious, if I was stressed, like I would take it out on him. And there was just this point where he was like, Kayla, like either you need to change or we need to change. We need to break up. Like I cannot, he's like so giving, so nurturing. And I definitely was more of that masculine energy in the relationship, not giving him any space to be that energy for me. So I was kind of like, okay, I'll go to therapy, I guess. Like, I guess that's what people do. And I was really actually against therapy. I was like, I didn't like therapy because I thought it labeled people. And I thought that labeling was bad. And now I don't have any like good or bad judgment towards labeling or traditional therapy, but I went to a very untraditional holistic therapist and she kind of became my mentor and started teaching me so much about the ego versus spirit and first assigned me to listen to the untethered soul and really helped me uncover the subconscious patterns that were driving me, which was this anxiety that now that I look back at my childhood, I'm like, it was always there. Like no one noticed that like as soon as I got anxious, I would like have a tantrum or cry or have a breakdown or freak out or run away. Like looking back at these moments at my childhood, like I always had really bad anxiety, but my parents didn't have the tools, skills or knowledge or language to identify that. So that kind of pushed me into therapy was this need to change because I wasn't being who I was meant to be. I was being unkind. I was being mean to you know, my partner, my parents, and myself. With that came a lot of judgment and a lot of like, honestly, deep self-hatred. Like I would sabotage myself because I didn't feel like I was good enough and I, I didn't feel like I was deserving enough because I would have these outbursts and I didn't know how to emotionally regulate. And I kind of got pushed into this journey because I really wanted to change. And that's always the first step is like that need and necessity and want to evolve and that need to change and it hit me like a truck <laughs> and that's kind of how I got into my journey and once I saw that I had the ability to be somebody different I had the ability to make new choices I had the ability to regulate my emotions I had the ability to know about my mind and the chemicals in it and also my body and my nervous system and knowing how to work with it I, I realized that this work that so many people are doing along their mental health journey or spiritual journey or both because I like to fall in the intersectionality of it, I realized that it worked. Like this work, like around mental health sciences, like the science behind it works. The new year is in full swing and I've committed to kicking it off right by finding small ways to help me look and feel my best. Taking care of my skin is a huge part of my new commitment to self-love and self-care and that's why I'm so excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe's mission is to empower you and help you feel confident and comfortable in the skin that you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for you 
your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. All you have to do is simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a board certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. Apostrophe provides access to prescription treatments for all types of acne from hormonal acne to facial acne and even back and chest acne. I've personally been using Apostrophe. I've been really liking their clindamycin for the body. It's this cream lotion that I put on and I'm someone who has struggled with body acne for a really long time since I was a teenager and it's carried into my adult years. So that's been really helpful. I've been loving it. I definitely want to continue improving my skin and taking control of my acne this year. And with the help of Apostrophe, I know I'll be able to. I'm so excited because I have a special deal for my audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com Ava when you use my code Ava. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to my listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com Ava. Click get started then use my code ava at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars thank you apostrophe for sponsoring this episode definitely check it out and you can actually be somebody new not even be somebody new you can be who you truly are because what therapy does is uncover the layers of who you are not so that you can find who you are so that's how i kind of got into it and the reason that i said it wasn't pretty is because i like have to own my shit and and own it and be like I wasn't the best person like that I could be. And sometimes I still fall back into those patterns. The healing journey is not linear, but what I do know is that I have changed and grown a lot and I'm really proud of myself and I'm really proud of who I'm becoming. And I wanted everyone to know that. Like I wanted not, not know about me, but know that within themselves. I was like, I want other people to know what they can do to also have that type of change. Whether it's like being, being angry or saying unkind things or maybe it's being a chronic people pleaser or maybe it's never being able to say no or maybe it's feeling really deeply insecure in yourself and projecting it onto everyone around you. Whatever it is that people are dealing with, I wanted them to know that they could change, you know? For anyone listening who kind of feels like they're about to be going through something similar or a shift happening and say they don't have the resources to be able to go to therapy, where do you think would be a good place to start this like healing journey if therapy isn't accessible. Totally. Yeah. That's so important, right? Like, are there any there. books that have like yeah. really changed your mindset or mentors online mm. who you look to that have given you like good guidance? Totally. Yeah. I think books and podcasts are where I found most of my learning, even though like therapy and my mentor was amazing and, and any mentors I've gathered since then taught me so much. I think the most learning that happened for me came from the self-work that came from reading books. I think The Untethered Soul is such an amazing beginner book. It's just so good and it teaches you how to be in the seat of awareness, like we were talking about earlier. It teaches you how to be the observer so that you're not controlled by your emotions and, and you can see things clearly. So that is a really powerful book. Another book that I absolutely love is Burnout, which I think is so important because so many of us have chronic anxiety because we are not completing the stress response cycle and it teaches you in this book burnout by the nagoski sisters that basically we have the ability to release our anxiety and therefore not react to it through movement or through different techniques like really cold water ice baths breath work all these different things and it really talks about the science behind it happy mind happy life is also a really good book that really changed my life 
podcast. I love Jay Shetty. I'm, I, I love Jay Shetty so much. On Purpose is like one of the most amazing podcasts ever. Oh, and finally, the, one of the main books that I would recommend is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I feel like, especially as women, like there's a lot of pressure on us um, to be perfect and just to act in a certain way and the way that she teaches you how to move through imperfection in a non-linear way is so impactful because I feel like so much of our anxiety and fear is driven by the want to be perfect and feeling not good enough and with that we get into like you know addictions like going out and partying or dating too much or um, really being hyper-focused on other people or drugs or alcohol whatever it is when we deal with that anxiety of not being perfect and if we can work with that and realize that we kind of all are imperfect <laughs> like I don't know that book is just really amazing the gifts of imperfection would honestly be my top recommendation for anyone to start like it's so good it's so good have you read it I haven't please it's funny. read it the last time when I was on your podcast you recommended burnout to me it's sitting on my bookshelf <laughs> it's funny it just went to one of it's like in the top two of the self-help books I want to read mm. in this new year so wait do you have any books that are really good for you that you're like the, the like that you would recommend or Ooh, I really enjoyed atomic habits I know that one is mm. so popular but for me I'm such a habitual person like I need some type of consistency in my life just because with my job everything's so inconsistent mm. so for me when I didn't have good habits I felt like everything was out of whack and that book really for some reason outlined how to create good ones which you think would be so simple in your mind You're like I know how to create good habits but I it really outlined how to properly do that kick out bad ones yeah and I don't know I mean it's funny because I read that and I didn't embody it until much later which I feel like is common when you read self-help books sometimes you just consume mm -hmm. and then you don't do so I feel like I've been embodying that more lately yeah but random speaking of routine yeah I know you're a very in the moment but like grounded person mm. what what do your routines look like I want to know what your morning routine looks like totally I'm very curious yes Walk me through it yes I gotta be honest like I do not have any steady routines in the morning or the night I'm like the one I just feel like I always am like I'm just like the one wellness girly who doesn't that's not true I feel like especially online there's this romanticizing of morning and nighttime routines that isn't realistic for everyone especially people with ADHD like I'm not diagnosed like but but I know like I know if anyone's heard me talk this whole time like my mind can bounce I speak fast like just in general like I deal with dopamine depletion like I, I know if I went I would get diagnosed but I'm not looking to do that <laughs> um yeah but I have just realized for me personally and from learning about Atomic Habits I've never read the book but I've listened to the writer on like lots of podcasts and also just like done research around it where I like watch YouTube videos on like the summary of the book I don't know why I just felt like I kind of read everything about the book except the book itself <laughs> hey you got what you needed so I got and that book is so good and and just going back to what you said like habits are so powerful like if you want to be somebody who has a certain career has a certain dream job has a certain financial position has a certain relationship what you need to do and what true manifesting is in my opinion is becoming that person now and how do you do that you do it through embodying that person's habits now and through that you become that person so habits are so powerful for manifesting your dreams I really believe that so 
for me, I more so have like a habit tracker. I have a whiteboard and I just make sure that throughout my day at some point I meditate at some point I do breath work at some point I do movement, whether that's anything from walking to swimming to going to the gym to going to a hot yoga class to literally doing like a 10 minute yoga flow in my living room, whatever it is. I just make sure I get all those things checked off at some point of the day. Like I don't really care if it's in the morning, the night, midday. Like I just need to make sure that I show up and I do those things. And I think that in itself is a routine where Mm -hmm. I just do those things every day. But I also give myself permission, especially working for myself, being an entrepreneur. I give myself permission to not do the exact same thing every single day because I I don't really think my brain likes that. I don't really think that works for me as well. I think it works for a lot of people and I think it's so powerful. But for me personally, that doesn't work. And I would be so hard on myself, honestly. I'd be like, oh no, like (laughs) I am not good enough. Like I would almost feel like imposter syndrome because I just couldn't get my routines together. And then I was like, no, like my journey does not have to look like anybody else's journey around me. Um, So I would say my routine is literally to, first of all, in the morning, I think the number one most important thing is to not look at your phone first thing and look at the daylight. Even if you want to go on your phone, like literally get up, look at the daylight and then go on your phone because when you look at your phone first thing, it just messes with the chemicals in your brain and it can lead to anxiety and depression. So that's really important. Um, The cortisol is very real. It really is. Like eat first thing in the morning and don't look and don't look at your phone first thing. Those are like the two main things and drink water first thing. Those are like the main things that I really make sure that I do in the morning for my anxiety. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos, host of the Happiness Lab podcast, the show that presents the latest science-based strategies to help us live happier, more joyful lives. In a special New Year season of the Happiness Lab, I'll look at the pressures we all feel to change for the better in 2023 and how, if we're not careful, those pressures can make us feel worse. If I'm honest, it's just hard, man. It's really, it's really, (laughs) it's really hard to be present. With the help of my favorite scientists and experts, We'll look at overwork and explore whether striving for career success is really the route to happiness. Too many of us bring the best of ourselves to work and then bring the leftovers home. And we'll see why latching onto fad New Year's diets and exercise plans may not be the best way to give our bodies what they're really craving. When I look back now, I think how unrealistic of me to think that an issue as complex as an eating disorder or disordered eating or body image could just be fixed because it's a date on the calendar. Listen to The Happiness Lab wherever you get your podcasts. But in general, just like all my routine things, I just make sure that I do them at some point, even if it's just one minute or five minutes. Like, I just want to check it off. Honestly, like, it, like yes, I just love the, the satisfaction. Che- mm, the satisfaction of checking something off. It's so hard. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's, a, it's an interesting answer always because I feel like people expect me to have a routine and then I'm like... I just don't think my brain likes it. I don't know. Are no, you, do- I'm actually really glad you said that because I feel like sometimes when you come up with this ideal morning routine and you feel like you have to follow it to an exact T, it's almost crippling because if you miss something, you start off the day feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, I didn't do this. Or I know for me, when I used to be so strict with it, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time. And then if I would wake up any later, I'd be like, well, the day is ruined and I can't do my routine. So I actually love that you flow through whatever works for you in that moment because every day looks different Mm -hmm. and like you said I mean everyone is gonna have maybe some people 
find that like the meth not method but the way that you do things resonates more with them mm-hmm. but maybe some people need that structure because maybe they work a nine to five and you know everyone's different exactly you have to cater to your own needs because if you pigeonhole yourself into thinking that there's only one way to do things that's when it gets messy because everyone it's so individual routines are so individual I really like your answer yes thank you no I I totally agree and I think that people who have very like strict times for their jobs I think routines are really important because you make sure that you get all those habits checked off your list first thing before that you go to work so that you can feel good about your day but I just know my body and I know the times of day when I want to move, I want to meditate, like I know that they don't fall at the classical times that other people would do it and yeah, what you said, oh my god, it struck me so hard because yeah, I feel like what happens is we're like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this thing and and then you fail on the first day, quote unquote fail because you're not actually failing but you feel like you're failing, mm-hmm. you feel like a failure and it's like, I'm all about setting myself up for success, like I want to be realistic with myself and what I can do in my day, like, am I really going to be able to meditate for 30 minutes? I don't really think that's going to happen for me on that day. So I'm going to try one minute sitting down and just breathing, setting a timer on my phone, literally just breathing for one minute and starting to meditate and regulate my nervous system that way. Honestly, I'm just like, I want to set myself up for success. I want to make sure the expectations that I'm setting for myself, I'm going to be able to achieve because then I can build on top of that and I can add on to that but I'm going to feel good about myself in the process. And the more that we can feel just like whole and fulfilled and and joyful and peaceful and good within ourselves, the more that our entire outer world is going to reflect that. So yeah, I'm all about setting myself up for success and not giving myself unrealistic expectations. Like I know myself, I know what I, what I'm actually going to do, you know? So yeah. Routines, man. Crazy. (laughs) Something you said during that whole little bit you're just talking about kind of jumped out at me when you were talking about how you feel like a failure or how someone might feel like a failure if you don't complete something. I, this is just kind of a random tangent, but I feel like it's so important. Whenever you're feeling anything negative, if you frame it, I feel a certain way rather than I am Mm. a certain way. Like I am a failure versus I feel like a failure. Mm. That's something that has been really important to me personally. So when you said that, I was like, I kind of want to mention this because that mindset shift of instead of, like I said in the beginning of this episode, claiming identities, you aren't a certain thing. You can feel like a certain thing. Mm. I don't know. That mindset shift is really so powerful. (laughs) No, same. And something that my therapist would say to me, for example, using the failure mindset, it's like, okay, and this, I'll say this to myself, I'll be like, I feel like a failure, but that does not negate all my success. And we can feel a certain way, but the thing about feelings is they're like the weather. They come and they go and they flow and they ebb. And the reality of it is that feelings are fleeting. So you can feel a certain type of way, not claim it as your identity and also acknowledge that you are so much more than that. And just because you feel like a failure in that moment, just because you feel not good enough, just because you feel not pretty enough, whatever it is, that does not negate your successes. That does not negate your worthiness. That does not negate your beauty, whatever it is. That does not negate your intelligence. It doesn't take away from everything that you are just because you feel a certain way in that moment. If you don't feel good enough, that never takes away from all the other things that you have going for you. And I feel like the more that we can shift our focus to everything else that we are besides how we're feeling in that moment, that's how we kind of move through those feelings. Like feel them obviously and be like, okay, this sucks. Like 
I'm going to feel this for a second and, and I'm going to like either cry or move it out of my body or talk to somebody, whatever you need to do to move through that emotion, move through that feeling. Like, but then like focus on everything that you do have going for you because each one of us have, has something so unique to bring to the world. I love yeah. that message. Yeah. I feel like in general, you have so many amazing messages that I receive online through you. And speaking of social media, I wanted to talk about social media. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> mentioned this before because we've been meaning to record this podcast. And when I was asking Kayla what types of like topics she'd want to talk about, you brought up social media, mm-hmm. S-O-U-L, <laughs> social media. How have you found the confidence to put what you do put out there online because I know you do get very personal you really strip down and dive in <laughs> a little not yes. to our podcast but yes. how have you felt like you you're able to do that I want to I want to know like what your version of social media is yeah I guess I just realized like I've always loved social media in general not social media but social media <laughs> I've always loved Instagram and and every and and YouTube and and now TikTok and everything that it can bring to our lives and I think I just realized like no judgment to people who obviously like just want to be hot online. Like I, I commend people like that. I think that's amazing. I think for me personally, I just really am driven by my purpose and my purpose is to share everything we're talking about now, having the conversations like we're having, sharing our experiences so that other people don't feel alone. And I just realized that social media had all this potential to be educational and transformative and I was like, okay, damn, I've learned so much online. Like so much of what I know, I started being interested in it because of like a TikTok I saw or because of an article I saw or because of a YouTube I saw. And then I got curious about it and I went in further in my own research time. So I just realized it had all this potential and I realized that we could have soul social media and social media didn't have to be this bad thing that people demonize for taking away our time. And yes, there are negative aspects to it, but it also is a tool. And the thing with tools is that it's neutral. Like social media in itself is neutral. Like it's not good. It's not bad. It's not positive. It's not negative. It's what you do with it that makes it, you know, have a certain judgment. It it makes it either like really good or really bad or whatever people claim it to be. And you know, you spread so much positivity online. So like the way that you're using the tool is so positive and impactful and making people feel like they have a friend in you. I feel like that's something you're really honestly to just commend you. I feel like you just make everyone feel like they have a friend in you. And I think that's so special and you've used the tool and made it so positive. But then there can be other people who like put a really negative spin on it and and just really make people feel insecure about themselves or, or whatever it is. And I think that I just realized that this is a really powerful tool and you can reach so many people. So might as well make it soulful. Might as well lead from a place of love and, and lead from a place of acceptance and wanting people to not feel alone. And then... And then we have this positive tool that we can use across the world, which is just so cool. So yeah, I just, yeah, I just love it. And and you're so amazing with everything that you do, Ava. Seriously, I feel like you just have a certain way of just, yeah, not just making people. squeak that I just did. Yeah, Sorry. no, you're good. I just feel like you make people not feel alone, which is like such a positive way to use this tool, you know? Yeah, it's all about how you use it. I mean, especially, I know for me, something that's been so helpful, especially because we do consume so much of it, as most of us do, 
you're allowed to curate what you see. Mm. And that's something I would feel bad about certain like people I followed or messages that I would be consistently seeing. And it, it took me a while to realize I have the power to either unfollow people or, you know, the people that like you can't unfollow, quote unquote, can't. Yeah. You just mute them. You just mute them. Mute the stories, mute the posts. I mute They'll never so know. many people. <laughs> me too. I literally have so many I'm people sorry. muted. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you. And honestly, I've even like had people that I was friends with in high school realizing like they've unfollowed me or something like that. And at first I was like, damn, like that sucks. And then I'm like, oh no. But like, I have no idea the impact that you know, I may have been having on them, you know, if they, you know, you never know the way that you are impacting people. So it's also nothing personal, like to unfollow somebody or to mute somebody or to even block them. Like it's nothing personal. It's all just about what you need. And I love that you said that we have the ability to curate like our feeds. So might as well make it what resonates with you. Like that it's not about it being good or bad or right or wrong. It's literally just like, what makes you feel good to see? Because if you're going to see something every single day, might as well make it something that makes you feel joyful or peaceful or, or educated or or not alone or inspired. Like follow people that inspire you. And and I just feel like that's where soul social media came <laughs> in because I was just like, wow, this can be such a cool thing. And going back to what you said about how I had the confidence to do that. That was one of the parts of your question. And I just try not to overthink it, to be honest. The more that I overthink it, the more that I analyze myself, the more that I judge myself, the more that I feel, you know, questionable or insecure about what I share, what I post, or how honest I am sometimes um, with my own experience. And I just really try to just be like, okay, check in. Does this feel good for me to share? Is it kind of scary to be vulnerable? Yes. But that's where bravery comes in. You're scared, but you do it anyway. Being vulnerable is so hard and it's so scary, but it's so worth it when you literally get one person that reaches out to you and you know this feeling just being like, because of you, I don't feel alone anymore. And I'm just like, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so cool. And I think the best part of it too is that even people listening who maybe aren't in the creator space don't do what we do you have impact on more people in your life than you realize because I think something that a lot of people think is like oh only well something that I used to think is like people with followings have influence whatever when I when I didn't but you impact people in your daily life people that you are friends with family with everyone's like I mean the word influencer really does something to my brain I'm like "Uh, (laughs) I know it has a negative connotation sometimes but we'll we'll work on changing that but everyone's like a little influencer in their own bubbles in their own lives wait why that's so good. Have you ever said that before? No. I literally love it. Wait, no, because everyone does. Like, and, and even the people in my life, like my really close friends or my boyfriend, I'm always like, damn, you influence me in such a good way. You teach me so many things. And and then because you teach me this or you share this with me, I get to share it with all these mm-hmm. people. We're constantly butterflying effect off of each other. We're constantly impacting other people. And to an extent, we all are influencers in our own right. Mm-hmm. Like, literally my closest friends that'll like recommend me books I'm like I'm influenced like (laughs) I literally will be like I'm influenced like we do have the ability to positively impact and negatively impact just impact in general everyone in our lives and the more that we can realize that the small things that we do actually matter and they actually make a change in people's lives I think the better like the entire world will be and that's like the goal for me I'm like it starts with like us having this conversation and -hmm. then somebody has a conversation with their friend based on this podcast and opens up a certain conversation and then that person has a conversation with somebody and it's just like 
the more that we can talk about mental health, especially, especially with the stigma around it, the more that we can talk about, you know, what it means to be human and normalize all the craziness and ups and downs of it. Like just the world is just going to be a better place. And we each have such a positive impact to make on the world. So I love that. We're all influencers. I have a bit of a personal question because this is something (laughs) I go, sorry, y'all, this one's for me. Yeah. And for anyone listening, because I know a lot of people do deal with this too, but how have you learned not to take things so personally? Mm. If you have an answer, <laughs> you know, honestly. I go, oh, next one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. I take things so personally. Okay. I'm going to own it. No, I really do. So I've been working on this. So I, I do have some advice for it because I take things so personally. Like, I literally will be like to my boyfriend, I'll just be like, wait, are you mad at me? And like, he's just like, no, I'm literally, he's like, I'm stressed out about my mom or whatever it is, whatever's going on in his life. Like, I think the more like affirmation is so important and I want to explain real quick why it's so important. The reason affirmations work is because the human mind loves familiarity. From an evolutionary point of view, when our brains were evolving to protect us from, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, like literally what happens is our brain loves what's familiar because what is familiar is predictable and what is predictable is safe. So our brains latch on to what is familiar over almost what is like good or better for us any day. That's why people will constantly fall into the same patterns in toxic relationships because we want what we know. We want what is familiar to us because in a certain sense, even if it's not good for us, even if it's painful, our brain still thinks that it is safe. Does that make sense? Completely. Okay. Completely. So that's why affirmations are so important because what you're doing is you're reprogramming your mind to make a new truth familiar. You're making that predictable. So the more that you say it to yourself over and over again, it feels more safe. And as it feels more safe and as it feels more familiar, what happens is our brain will choose to latch onto that more. So that's why affirmations are so, so important. So even just reminding myself, being like, literally nothing is about me. (laughs) Like literally nothing is about me with anyone else. Like everyone else is constantly projecting onto the world around them Mm -hmm. from their own past experiences, their own past traumas or situations. What is happening is that is constantly happening. And over time, as as I've affirmed to myself this truth, being like literally nothing is personal. Like when anytime anybody is judging you, it's because they're judging yourself. And the more that I affirm truths like that, the more that it becomes my truth. And the more that when I start taking things personally, I can be like, okay, no, I know, I know this truth. I know that the brain works in the certain way where we project onto the world around us. And that is just a scientific truth. That's why like separate from spirituality and energy and learning about, you know, laws of the universe and all that good stuff. I love learning about the human mind and the human body because I love the science behind it because the science backs it up. And then I'm like, okay, like literally everything is a projection. Like we are constantly projecting onto the world. Like for example, I was at this river the other day, just having a little time to myself, a little self moment. And my mom, um, not my mom, (laughs) my friend's mom walks by and she was there too. And I was like, oh my God, hey. And I like went and gave her a hug and she was super standoffish. And I had something happen with her goddaughter. So I was like, oh, she doesn't like me. And like, this is my like best friend's mom. And then I like was on a call with my best friend the next day. And I was like, I saw your mom. And she was like, oh yeah. Like she said she was really in a rush and she felt really bad. Um, 
and it had nothing like she just had something going on and she was trying to get out of there and she said she felt bad that she didn't give you the time of day in my head I was like she doesn't like me I'm taking it personally she literally hates me now like this woman literally doesn't like me anymore because something happened and then my friend was like it's not so funny how we just like make things mean certain things and take things personally because we have a certain view of something and that was just such a good moment for me to remember nothing is personal Mm -hmm. everybody has their own stuff going on they have their own lives going on their own stressors their own past experiences influencing this current moment and it literally has nothing to do with me so the more that i can remind myself that the more like I can just stop taking things personally, but it is, it is a non-linear journey. Let me tell you, I take like, that was like last week and <laughs> I've been on this journey for so long and I'm still out here taking the smallest things personally and being like, they hate me. And it's like, no, they don't. People just have their own stuff going on. It has nothing to do with me. I don't know. What do you do? I feel like you're such a huge personality online. Like people are always projecting on you. Like always. Hmm. You gotta protect your energy, girly. Like I'm like, seriously. <laughs> no, please. It's funny because... Like you were just saying, you'll make up stories in your head and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, the mind is a funny place because it'll leap and bound to different conclusions mm-hmm. that don't exist. So when I, I, whenever I get, let's say for example, hate online, I have to remind myself like, what is truth? And mm-hmm. what have I, you know, maybe shown that could trigger someone to say something like rude or hateful? I, I don't know what other people have gone through that maybe they'll see my content that rubs them the wrong way to make them think I'm a certain way. I So I try not to take it personally because I know that as a consumer of media myself, sometimes maybe I'll take a message the wrong way or see something. And I know they're not a bad person online. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I feel like I just remind myself that whatever I'm posting isn't always going to resonate with people. Mm. And also it's not my fault if it doesn't. Totally. Because as much as I would love for my content to please everybody, I know it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's out of my control. And at the end of the day, it'll resonate with who it needs to resonate with. And I also just, it's funny. It's almost like a bad, I don't know if it's a bad coping mechanism, but it's a coping mechanism. (laughs) When I see comments, I'm like, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. No, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's just words on it. I don't know. It doesn't. It's literally just a word on a screen. And my mom's been saying this quote that she heard from Jay Shetty's podcast with Humble the Poet. And she just has been saying it so much because she's obsessed. And she's just like, you can be the juiciest peach ever, but somebody may just not like peaches. Or they're allergic. (laughs) Or they're allergic. Literally, they're (laughs) allergic to peaches. No, exactly. And it's just like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Like... And if everybody likes you, I think to an extent, you're just not living in your authentic truth because not no one, no one is universally liked. And that truth also really helps me when I'm like, okay, no one is liked by everyone. And, and that's okay. It's literally just part of being human. We all have different perspectives and opinions and that's okay. Another really like great um, story that I, that really changed my perspective on taking things personally was this thing that... Um, this like psychic medium that I go to told me and she's not like crazy woo-woo psychic she more so like tells me stories that I need to hear that are going to give me a certain lesson so um, I definitely was struggling with just like online just like the people pleasing and just wanting to speak my authentic truth but you know being worried about what other people would say things like that this was like maybe a year ago and she tells me the story and she's like, okay, like there's this woman and she's looking across at her neighbors and she sees all this dirty laundry. It's kind of a silly story, but <laughs> it makes sense. She's like, she sees all this dirty laundry 
and she is getting so mad she's like why do my neighbors never clean their laundry so a week goes by she's like pissed she's like my neighbors suck they are leaving their gross laundry up forever whatever and so she goes over to the house only to realize that the laundry is clean and like I said it's a silly story but it has a point and she's like wait I'm so confused so she goes back to her house and she sees that her window is dirty and she realizes that the the laundry of her neighbors was never dirty it was just her window it was her view her perspective that was dirty and and that story even though doesn't really make sense 100 percent because obviously (laughs) dirty laundry isn't like dirty like a window but it's a silly story but it really resonated with me because i realized that you know it is our perspective our lens that is blurred or 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 dirtied by certain past experiences that we have that affect our view of everyone around us And when I realized that I do that to other people, I realized they do that to me. And the more that we can clean our window through awareness, through meditation, through taking good care of ourselves and giving ourselves self-love so that we can like, and, and doing the deep like shadow work through therapy to begin to like clean that window, we will just have a cleaner view of everyone around us. And I can't control if other people don't take care of their window and they see me in a certain light. Like I just know that that's not me. Like it has nothing to do with me. It always has to do with them and vice versa. When I'm judging someone else, it always has to do with me. And it's about having that awareness for yourself that makes you realize that other people are doing it too. Speaking of kind of like self-love stuff, what are your favorite ways to show your self-love? Yeah, I think self-discipline equals self-love for me and not discipline in a way where like I need to do something and if I don't do it, I'm a failure, like we said before, but more so in a way that I know when I show up for myself in the ways that I know make me feel better. I know certain things help my anxiety. I know some things boost my mood. From a scientific perspective, I know that movement and meditation and breath work and cold showers, all those things, um, and spending time with people who light me up and being in alignment with my purpose, I know all those things boost the serotonin and the dopamine and the endorphins and the oxytocin in my brain. I know that certain things scientifically impact my body and impact my brain so I know the more that I can do those things and the more that I can show up for myself in that way and the more that I can have self-discipline for movement meditation breath work specifically those three things I know that I am taking care of myself I know that I am showing myself the love that I deserve because that that to me is taking care of myself and the more that I can take care of myself the more that I'm just going to feel in love with myself so I think that is really important. Also, just like deep acceptance and forgiveness for yourself. I'm always forgiving myself. I'm always like having a moment where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or or having a moment where I'm like feeling guilty about something that maybe happened like three years ago <laughs> or something crazy like that. And I'm like, I can forgive myself. And literally just saying out loud, like, I love myself. I forgive myself. I trust myself. Like we said before, affirming those things and making those truths familiar to our brain I feel like is so powerful. That's so true. I mean, yeah. keeping the promises that you make to yourself, mm. it, it boosts your confidence because you're like, oh yeah, I can do that. Mm. And if you, you know, consistently break promises you make to yourself, you're just like tapping away. You're like shattering your little like confidence yeah. bubble because you're like, I couldn't even do that. I know. That's why it's important to be realistic with your goals and, yes. and, 
and what feels good to you too. Like maybe it's not getting to the gym every day, but maybe it's doing a 10 minute yoga with Adrian on YouTube in the morning. Like that's your movement for the day. Like it's about setting realistic goals for yourself so that you can actually check them off so that you can feel good about yourself. And the thing about feeling good about yourself is it's all about momentum. Like anything in life is about momentum. Just get the ball rolling in a certain way and eventually it's going to feel easier and flow easily all right. and flow easier. Yeah. Baby steps still make progress. And I think mm. the biggest, it's, it's hard to find the balance between like <laughs> shooting for the stars and being realistic. You know, there's some things yeah. shoot for the stars with other things keep it realistic habits definitely be realistic habits are like the one thing that i'm like you gotta be realistic (laughs) like don't think that like you haven't worked out in three months and then you're about to go to the gym 30 days in a row like that is just not sustainable like then we burn ourselves out and it's about the like you said the baby steps the baby steps win the race they get they get you the farthest because if you have a ladder you don't get to the top of the ladder by by pole vaulting to the top because then the ladder is going to (laughs) fall down it's not going to be sustainable but then if you like climb up the ladder slowly step by step you're going to get to the top that's the same with with habits obviously with dreams and aspirations literally shoot for the stars you can do anything that you set your mind to like you are abundant you are limitless as as your tattoo says (laughs) like you are limitless has there been anything that has specifically helped you when you're feeling burnt out? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've burnt myself out so many times. I, I, I would go through this cycle because I'm just like such a go-getter. With burnout, what I realized is I need play. Like play is so powerful. And I think that we think we either need to be resting all day in bed, doing nothing or grinding so hard and there's no in between. And I think the in between is play. Like I genuinely believe that playing and like embracing that inner child through whatever means it is for you I think anything creative like if you love to paint if you love to dance if you love to sing if you love to play an instrument if you love to make collages whatever it is for you like play in that way or go out into nature and play be with be with friends who make you feel playful who bring out that inner child in you and truly that type of rest because I believe that play is a form of rest I feel like it just gives you a break while also lighting you up mm-hmm. and filling you up and filling your cup. And for me, play is so important to burn out. So when I'm feeling really burnt out, I'll take a couple days, yeah, to like really sleep in, to relax, to not do much. But then I'm like, okay, I can't stay in this like stuck bubble of my bed forever. What I need to do is I need to play. And if you can't, if you don't have friends to do that with, like art, art is a form of play, creativity, any, any type of creativity is a form of play, literally putting on like a good song and like dancing around your room with your, like your hairbrush microphone, like you're seven years old again, like that is play. And for me, that just really lights me up and, and refuels me from burnout. Yeah. I love that you said that. And for anyone who's like, I'm too old to play. Here's some advice I've heard recently that has changed my life. Say you're 23, Kayla's 23, for example. (laughs) Just because you're 23 doesn't mean you're still not 22, 21, 20, and all the ages you've ever been. Like those all still live within you. And that's why doing stuff for your inner child is important because that still lives within you. You're not just your age. Mm. And seeing that, I was like, that is why doing things for your younger self makes you feel so good because you are still that person. You are. And that's so true. I love that. Like you are all those ages that that you have been because we are a makeup of our past experiences and our past selves. And even though we can evolve and be somebody new, like we still have those parts of us within us. So I think that's so powerful. And 
no one is ever too old to play. I feel like my favorite old people that I know, my favorite old people. <laughs> my favorite geriatric yeah, folk. Yeah, yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. My favorite old people have always told me, like multiple people are like, I still feel 17. They're oh. like, I still feel so young. That always breaks my heart too. Yeah. But I'm like, it's true. Like our bodies age, but our minds don't age in the same way our bodies do. Like we are still young. And that's how you stay young is like, keep playing keep playing it literally will boost your mood boost the happy chemicals in your brain like i swear to god play is so important it's just it's just yeah also when you're playing you get into flow state and i think when we are in that flow state when we're not overthinking things and we're just being for your (laughs) word and embodying for my word when we're when we're being and when we're embodying like we we're just free we have freedom in that moment and i feel like our mind can feel like a prison sometimes with the amount of overthinking and perfectionism that all of us face and when we're playing and when we're in flow state and when we're in creativity we are free of that we are just in the moment in the present moment and it's the most special special state to be in truly i love it i think you can drop the mic right there (laughs) thank you queen (laughs) shout yourself out i i can't think of a better way to end this episode on than other than on this note but what are your platforms where can people find you because i know they're listening to this and they're like connect me with Kayla Rose so plug yourself <laughs> I love girl you. thank you for having me on honestly of course. this conversation was so good first of all I'm like wait literally Hello? thank you yeah. thank you thank you thank you thank you and thank you for everyone listening and who has made it this far I feel like to have these conversations is to begin to just raise the spirits of everyone in the best way possible and and yeah I just love all this I love all this stuff and talking about it so I have a podcast. That's like my main thing. And and yeah, I'm on TikTok and Instagram, but I feel like for me, like it's all like really, I don't know. It all comes back to my podcast. It's my baby. It's my love. Skinny Dipping is the name of the podcast. And Ava actually has an episode on there too, actually. <laughs> but listen to the most recent one. That one's way, way, way better. Um, and we talk about how to be alone. And Skinny Dipping is a podcast where we talk about the mind, the body, and the soul in order to create actionable change in our lives. And I really think a super good follow-up episode to this conversation that we had, it's called Five Ways to Strengthen Your Connection with Yourself. And I just think that that would be such a good follow-up to this episode because I feel like it can get so confusing to, to know how you feel about life and your mental health journey. And that's why we need to come back to knowing ourselves deeper because I really believe to know ourselves is to love ourselves. So skinny dipping and then listening to that episode would be an amazing, amazing follow up. And then I am sundazed KK on all platforms. Sundazed is like when you're like in the sun for too long. Ava knows this feeling totally (laughs) like because we're both like from Hawaii. But when you're in the sun too long and you're like tired, but you're like so blissed out and you're so happy. That is sundazed. And I am sundazed KK. I am Kayla Rose, the host of skinny dipping and... Thank you so much for having me on. This Thank was you for the biggest time. blessing. I'm so Thank excited you. for everyone to listen to this. I'm excited to re-listen to it. And with that being said, that was everything that on was everything. Kayla's mind. Ah, <laughs> on my mind. That was on my mind.